Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. All right, I want to do some more uh, talking on this idea of forgiveness. Lord just keeps opening this up, and I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. From faith to forgiveness, I promise you I don't have a fetish with Fs. Get it? Fetish? Okay, anyway. <clears throat> but I am thankful that the Lord continues to open this up because I can tell as he is, that I have had areas of my life where I have struggled to forgive. And I didn't realize it until he started like continuing to talk to me about this. So in uh, just a little bit of uh, repetition, but mostly just for reminder, I want to just re-describe for you what the word for forgiveness is, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, because it means almost word for word the exact same thing. And it means to separate one from their sin, transgression, or wrongdoing. To no longer associate one with what they have done wrong. Both Old Testament and New Testament, throughout the Bible, the idea of forgiveness, to forgive someone, is to look at them and not think about, associate their wrongdoing with them. How about that? How many people would be excited if that was the definition and God honored that as the definition? Right? I want God to think of me and not think about the stuff that I still think about about me. Right? And I'm praying that we all have this ability by His Spirit. Because if it's His Spirit that is forgiving us and it lives in us, then we should have the same ability to forgive ourselves and then in turn, forgive others. So my prayer for us all is that we increase in our ability to separate ourselves and others from all the things that they've done wrong. Amen? Amen. Okay. By the way, before I forget this, happy birthday, Kathy. Oh, I know you're really excited about that. Forgive me for telling the whole world you're another year older. Uh, and also, I don't know, how, does anybody not know that Lauren and Jaime had their second child? Yeah. So now there's two boy Barrettos. Jesus help us all. I got to spend the weekend with Tiago while uh, they were in the hospital. All the female Derniacs and Jaime were in the hospital, and it was me and Tiago. I think I needed as much prayer as they did. Because it had been a minute since I had spent alone time with that short of a person. And, uh, but he's, he's alive. Hallelujah. And, and the second one is too. So, and so am I. We're all here. Everybody's healthy. Hopefully they're going home in the next hour or two. So thank you, Jesus, for a second son and grandson brought into the world. Amen. Thank you for praying for them. If you did know and if you didn't know, start, yeah, start praying now. Okay, back to forgiveness. So uh, I also, one more thing I wanted to repeat from last week is that I believe forgiveness is tied to honor. So if the idea of honor is kind of based upon, and that's, that's a paraphrased version of the biblical definition of the word honor. But it 
if you can kind of keep this in mind as seeing someone the way the Father sees them and then deciding that that's who they are. Okay? That's true honor. We have a tendency to honor our experience of a person versus God's definition of them. Are we right? Yeah. And that's why I feel like honor is so importantly tied to forgiveness. Because if we're able to separate, so maybe, I'm sorry, honor is our ability to separate what people have done from who they really are. And I actually believe that it's only the spirit of Jesus that can do that with us and for us. Because otherwise, the the fleshly human condition will always tie someone's behavior to who they are. Okay? You cannot help it. In your flesh, which I believe your flesh is the part of you that you, that God did not design, but you did in partnership with the world around you. Okay? There is a you that God originally designed that he honors. And he decides that's who you are. And forever and ever, amen, that is who you are, no matter how you think or feel about yourself. And I just want to thank Jesus for that. I want to thank Jesus that he still honors me as who he originally created me to be. And that's why, like I said last week, sometimes our prayers don't get answered or he doesn't respond to us in our time with the Lord the way we think he should because we're talking to him outside of a person he doesn't recognize. Anybody? Like when you're expressing fear to the Lord and his response is excitement. And you're like, no, I don't think you heard me. I am scared about what's going on. And he's like, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. But you don't understand. There is like this big monster right there. And he's like, you're bigger than it. Yeah. You have every tool necessary that you need. But you have not forgiven yourself. You have not separated yourself from what you believe is way smaller than what's in front of you. Your failures. Your weaknesses, your insecurities, they jump up onto the radar screen all the time. Hello? Yeah. They do. And that's why your father is constantly not talking to you about your insecurities and your failures and where you've gone wrong. He is constantly talking to you, and I'm, I'm convinced of this. Your father is talking to you when you hear how incredible you are. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right, so I want to move forward from those thoughts and those definitions. And I want to talk a little bit more about forgiveness and ownership because there is an inherent, well, there's a thing that you can hear inside of the definition of forgiveness that almost sounds like you don't have to worry about it anymore or um, a lack of accountability And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes. This is a result of someone asking me to talk about this. So I want you to know that this didn't come out of just my time with the Lord. Someone talked to me about this and said, hey, could you expound on this? And I'm actually going to try to address three questions I got since last Sunday. And my prayer is I can get to all three of them. Here's the first one. I believe forgiveness and ownership are tied together. And ownership, just just so you can understand where I'm coming from, and ownership is to realize... You're forgiven, which means that your wrongdoing is not associated with you from the Father's perspective. Yet, there's still ownership 
If you don't own what you've done wrong and say, yes, I did that, there is a really strong tendency for you to do it again. Okay? So, just because God does not associate you with your wrongdoing doesn't mean you have some things to learn from that. Are you with me so far? Okay, really important. So, and I, wanna, I don't want to talk about this so much in you as much as in other people because I think the, the way to describe this might be better with another person than it is with yourself, but it can apply to yourself. So, my experience of the Father is that He forgives quickly. I want you to know... That is my experience of my father. He forgives quickly. Way quicker than my memory can. In that decision to forgive me is still the work of his spirit to heal what caused the wrongdoing. Are you with me? Like it's not just a God and a father who says, you're forgiven. Like it's in this forgiveness is empowerment. It's grace. The word grace is literally divine influence upon the heart and then it's reflection through your life. That's what the actual word for grace means. Okay? So, as he forgives, he's still talking to me about who I really am. Okay? And I feel like there for my father, like... All right, let me see if I can do this a little differently. I'm going, to talk about, I'm going to talk about it from a human parenting to child relationship, but I want you to know I think it's just a picture of the spiritual relationship, okay? I believe how you were originally designed as a parent to parent children is the way the Father has designed parenting, period. Okay, so this is how I see it working. So if my child does something wrong, my initial reaction is to first tell them what they did wrong. So I'll make sure I'm in the room, right? And if all four of my children were here, they would say, Dad, that's usually what you did. Correct. That is what I did. And I believe that is okay, okay? Where I have grown in my own parenting is I can say, this is what you did, but I will not treat them according to their behavior. I need to leave that, let, let that sit for a second. Just because I announced what they did that was wrong does not mean I will henceforth treat them like the criminal that committed the crime. Yeah. Okay? We've talked about this for years at Who. Just because someone lies does not make them a... However, if someone lies enough, we start to believe that they are... A liar, okay? Really what's going on is there's an unhealed part inside of them that is really afraid. Lying is afraid, is a fear. It's sourced in fear, and you're afraid if someone actually finds out what's going on or who's really behind the mask or whatever it is that you're lying about, you might not be accepted. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I think at the root, that's where a lot of it's at. So, in the idea of forgiveness is the idea that, yes, my child has done something wrong and I'm going to tell them, this is what you did wrong. Boom. I forgive you. Now let's have a conversation. Okay. So, how and what that conversation is about will tell you whether or not the forgiveness actually took place. <laughs> 
Okay? For my father, as he quickly forgives me, what I experience of my dad is that he consistently, let's say it's one particular area of my life. Oh, I think I actually have an example in my notes. So instead of me trying to do this, here's the example. Let's say I speak evil to or about someone. Or if we want to talk about our children, let's say one of our children says something really mean about or to another one of the children. I'm sure that's never happened in one of your families before. But just in case it has, let's talk about this for a second. I believe the Heavenly Father does this. And he says, you just spoke evil about your brother. Let me tell you who they really are. And he immediately begins to show me how he sees them. He brings me back to honor. And in that moment, if I am open to hearing my father's voice about that other person, he never has to correct another thing about what I said. I want you to hear this. Because you become overwhelmed with a different perspective than you originally had. And I believe this is where true Holy Spirit conviction lies. Not in God making you feel guilty about what you did wrong, but seeing what you missed in the midst of your sin. I want you to hear that. So back to this example, if I speak evil about my brother or my child speaks evil about their sibling, in that moment, they're not seeing them the way mom and dad see them. That other child is incredible, full of hope, full of potential and possibility, and someone else just spoke a curse over them. Whoa! You obviously have forgotten who this is. So let me remind you about who this person is. And then you tend, and I I believe this is a healthy family dynamic, but it's really hard when you get angry, when you get frustrated. But if you can do this, it will change the dynamic and culture of the home. This is who your brother is. And then this kid over here is going, but you don't know what they just did. (laughs) And you're like, God, hey, kid, I've seen it way more than you've seen it. I know exactly what they do. I know exactly what they've been doing. And yes, I know that you have saw that in that moment, but I know what's good for you. And what's good for you is to remind you of who they are. Okay, so as, I'm, as I, as a parent, am describing to this child who this child is, this person is arguing, whether it's verbally or inside of themselves. They're arguing. <laughs> That's just a pretty picture. Come on, right? Yeah. Big brother, come on. Yeah, mom's trying to defend little brother to you. But you know, you know who little brother is when she ain't watching. The point is not that she or he, dad or mom, aren't seeing what they did is wrong. They're seeing a bigger picture. And if we can do this at a young age, I know the Father's doing this with us. We join with His Spirit in what He's doing in the lives of our children. He is not consistently thinking about what they're doing wrong and trying to fix their mistakes. That's not the wisdom of our Father. The wisdom of our Father is looking at the child and trying to empower their strengths, empower their beauty, remind them of their value. You make less mistakes when you are thinking about powerful thoughts about yourself. 
When you think powerfully, you make less mistakes. When you think value, you treat yourself with more value. Like I, I believe this wholeheartedly that so many of us give ourselves to worthless things because in moments where we give ourselves to worthless things, we think we are I know you don't want to say that out loud, but that's what you're thinking about yourself. When you are aware of your value, you will not go bathe in the mud. I need that to be heard. I want that to be heard among here. I don't care what age you are. Stop thinking of yourself as what some other version of yourself created and allow the spirit of your father (laughs) to bathe you with his thoughts about you. And the more you're immersed in that, if you ask me, if you want daily devotions for any particular reason, this is it. If you want to have any particular motivation to spend time daily with God, this is it. When you spend time with your father, no one else knows who you were originally created to be better than the one who made you. And when you are consistently in that environment, you will walk in a way that is worthy of the person you are. How are we doing? You okay? All right, so back to the example. Let's get back to this example. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go. I just had a revelation. Mark gave me a mic, so you're all in trouble. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I just had a revelation of what God was truly asking when he said, where is your brother Abel? He wasn't asking like, okay, where is he physically? He was asking, why is Abel not in your heart? Because Abel being outside of your heart has now like resulted in his death. And this is what we do with our brothers when we do not forgive. Like, God is asking us, where is your brother Denver? Right? Where's your brother Denver? And I have to say, like, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he's like, oh, Denver is not in In your your heart. heart. And it's resulting in ultimately the death of Denver in my life. So he should be continually asking us, like, where is your brother? Anybody that you have unforgiveness in, where is your brother this? Because if he's outside of your heart, now it results in the death of said person. Powerful. That's, that's the, yeah, what you're talking we about. We got another thought? And then we, and then I can say it loud enough. And then we can't have true koinonia. Yeah. We can't have true communion. True fellowship. <laughs> yep. And then I was, I was literally having this conversation with my son because he was mad at his little brother because he hit him. And I, and I said, son, I know you're angry, you're upset right now, but if you don't forgive him, then Ronan can't come close to you. Because right now, if he comes close to you, you're gonna hit him back. And that's gonna make him sad, that's gonna that's make good. him upset. That's right? good. And, and you, want, you want him close to you, don't you? Yeah, I do. I was like, so you have to forgive him in here for him to be able to come close to you because that's where true koinonia resides, you know, so. All right. Thank you. So back to this example. We're just going to call it two boys because two boys can scrap like I've never seen. But girls can too, just in a way different way. But boys are just like physical about it. I love it. Okay. So one boy just got ripped by the other boy. I'm about to use you as an example, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. After I'm done describing to this boy, sorry, to this boy who this boy is, and this boy internally or externally is arguing with me about my experience of this boy, I then turn and I remind them 
of their value. Now, there's where the hard part is because this is the one that actually committed the sin. Okay? And you as a parent, this is where it really becomes strong on us to stand in the Father's spirit and speak life and wholeness and remind them of their original identity in the Father because we have to wash our minds of what the action was that they just performed. We're actually in the same struggle that they are when we're reminding them of who this person is. I know it's like a weird triangle, but are you with me on it? We're in the same battle. We have to rise up higher and honor who they were originally are, even though we just watched them, whether it's verbally or physically, beat up on this one. Okay, so we rise up in the Father's Spirit, and because they're still arguing about who that person is, they need reminded of who they are. When you are more focused on someone else's lack of value. I'm sorry to say this, but it is an absolute truth deep inside of yourself. You're struggling with your own. Low value is attracted to low value. High value is attracted to? It's the truth. It's how God designed us. He wants us to see each other the way he sees us. And the best way, the clearest vision, there's a simple uh, parable about this that Jesus gives. You are not able to take the speck out of somebody else's eye, your brother's eye, until you what? Take the beam out of your own. So speck, the ability to see a speck is determined by how big the beam is in your own eye. You guys okay? Yeah. So if I see constantly poor behavior or poor value or whatever negative judgments I have about you, guys, I'm sorry to say this, it is a complete reflection on how we think about ourselves and what's going on on the inside of us. Your critical spirit about someone else is actually a reflection of your own judgments about yourself. And I actually think that's the way God designed it. He wants to be like a big check. Whoa, if you're constantly seeing what's wrong out there, wherever out there is, whether it's in the world or in individuals, it's actually a reflection of how you feel and experience you. So, and guys, I want to tell you, this is freeing for all of you who have critical people in your life. Anybody have any, some critical people in your life, very judgmental people in your life? You want to have mercy on them? Remember what I just said. Mercy and grace will rise up on the inside of you when you realize their criticism of you, their constant negative perspective of you is usually a reflection of what's happening inside of them. And it turns a criticism and a judgment at you into intercession for them. And you begin to see them the way the Father sees them. You guys okay? All right. So if we're consistently brought back into someone's sin or their wrong, that means we're not sourced in God's spirit. Am I right? We're not sourced in God's spirit because God's spirit is consistently focused on Maria's incredible value and what's possible. That's faith. Faith is all the incredible things that are possible that have yet to exist out of you. That's how God sees us. But when we're constantly focused on what they haven't done, or what they've already done that has been really stinky, then we know we're sourced in pain and offense associated with what they've done wrong in the past. You guys okay? Now, I believe with all of my heart that most of the world 
from your perspective. So right now, you're the center of the world. Just right now. Okay, when you walk out of here, you're not. But right now, for this particular example, you are the center of the world. And I want you to know that the majority of the people outside of you just need to be forgiven. But there's a group of people who have allowed you into their heart. And they have a place on the inside of themselves that you have a seat there. And I believe those people are meant to be forgiven and then there needs to be a conversation. And if you want to call it accountability, call it accountability. If you want to call it responsibility, if you want to call it ownership, whatever it is, I believe that there are people that have brought you into their heart and have said, you have a place here. And because they have given you place in their heart, forgiveness is the beginning. But if you don't have a conversation where you talk to them about how what they had done impacted you, I believe there is a... uh, a license or a open door for them to repeat that behavior or whatever it is that they had done that brought pain to your life to do it again. Okay? Now, not everybody's going to be open to that discussion, and I need you to know this. And I think you have to ask the Lord for discernment about this to know who has allowed you into their heart. Because if you're in there, then you can have the discussion and they're open to you. Have you ever had a discussion with someone about personal things and you realize this is not going well? Anybody? Yeah, that that probably means you don't have a place there. And that's one of those people you just need to forgive and trust the Father with them. But then there's some in your life that you know you have a place in their life. You forgive them. Let's sit down and talk. Hello? Because you're part of that discussion. Back to the two boys. You're part of God's voice in reminding them of who they actually are that that behavior did not reflect. I'm going to give you a few examples of who I think those people are. I think those people are your physical, natural children. I believe those people are your physical, natural parents. Hello? Whether they act like it or not, you're in their heart. You cannot... You broke that blood-brain barrier a long time ago when you were born. You're there. Whether they act like you're not there, you are. <laughs> and there are people, like, there's an emotional or spiritual decision they made at some point in time in your life where they, were, where they took you in and they said, this person's really important to me. And in that moment, when they said that you are really important to them, you have a responsibility as their brother, sister, mother, father, friend, whatever you want to call yourself, to speak life. And there's an accountability. They need, I believe the word need is important here. They need to hear your voice declare honor. I want to let that sit. Not everyone in your life is going to receive this, but there are those in your life who have taken you into their heart, need to hear you say who they are and how who they are differentiated from what you experienced of them. And that experience brought pain to me. And I love you enough to tell you and remind you who you are. So that behavior doesn't continue, not only in the impact of my life, 
but in the impact of other people's lives around you. I am in your heart, and because I am in your heart, I have to say these things to you. Now, have to say how incredible they are and who they are and reminding them of their value, their importance, all of that. That's a beautiful privilege. But at times when they are acting outside of that identity, that feels like an absolute weight. Hello? Yeah. But it is so important that you, because you're in their heart, say that to them. So there's a recognition. Don't forget, I believe the Lord says, I recognize what you did. And now I am intentionally separating, because this is forgiveness, right? Definition of forgiveness is, I am intentionally separating this behavior from you, and now I'm going to talk to you about who I know you are. If you know that you have value to someone like that, you have to have that conversation. It honors them, and here's the other thing. It honors you. You don't become this constant victim to all these other people's behavior when you decide, I'm going to have that conversation. It's one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself where you stand up and you say, I was wronged. I am not going to associate you with that wrong, but we're going to talk about how that wrong doesn't have to continue. That is a powerful really, uh, discussion to have. And you should be having it. You should be having it with your husband or wife. You should be having it with your children. You should be having it with close ones in your life. Actually, it should be one of those conversations that you have multiple times a year. And I think we're coming into the last month of the year. Have it now. I mean this with all the sincerity I can muster in 2023. Have the conversations now. But have them from the right spirit. Whose spirit are we supposed to have them from? God. From the Father's spirit. And the Father's spirit celebrates what? Life. Come on, I'm being, the, I'm being that kindergarten teacher today. What does the Father's spirit celebrate? Who people really are. So that conversation is not to beat them over the head of 2023 sins. You're not in your Father's spirit if you do that. Hello? Yeah. But you can, by all accounts, and I believe this is the empowering part, declare, this is what you did. I absolutely, 100% forgive you for that. And I separate you from that behavior, and I treat you as God created you. I honor you, and I have conversations with you that way, and I want to move forward with this person, not this person. Yeah. How are we doing? Great. You in that conversation, empower who you were originally created to be, and you empower them as well. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. Does that sound like something you want to do? Yeah. 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 I will tell you right now, you don't want to do this. Most of you just want things to stay kind of okay right now, because if I open up that can of worms, anybody? It's a can of worms, right? Here's the problem. There should be no can... And there should be no worms in it. Because forgiveness doesn't associate the worms with the person. Mm. So there's this group of people in your life you need to forgive and have the conversation with. And then the 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world population, what do you do with them? First of all, you forgive them. Just forgive them. 
Just forgive them. And then every time you're around them, do what Doug just said. Speak life. Speak life. But to have that hard conversation with everybody in your life, first of all, that would be literal hell on wheels. Like, I'm serious. You, you, you would hate waking up. Because you probably have like a, your iPhone would be full of these terrible conversations you have to have with people. Not terrible, but difficult, challenging. Are we okay? All right. I just wanted this to be like a little bit more of a practical thing. It is crucial, back to this discussion, it is absolutely crucial. Write, if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, you need to write this down. Don't you dare have this discussion unless forgiveness has already taken place. Because you will kill somebody. Because you're in their heart. And you have a weapon in your hand. And your weapon is what they've done. And if you're skillful with that weapon, you can destroy somebody. And you know it. People have done it to you and you've potentially done it to other people. If you want to have a hard discussion with somebody, please, please, I beg you, separate them from what they've done first. Get that out of your mind. Walk in love with them. And that's why, you know, sometimes the conversation you have with somebody might be some period of time later. For some of you, you haven't had that discussion. It's been years. But maybe that period of time has allowed you the ability to forgive so that you can now have that conversation. Okay? Trust me when I say this. It will be a very difficult thing, and I feel like I might have put a weight on some of your shoulders, but I can promise you there will be so much heaven released if you can have this healthily. How are we doing? Question. Uh, Can I have a microphone? I don't think I'm understanding the discussion. In my mind, I was thinking you were going that you forgive them and then you tell the person, you point out, are you saying to say you're better than this and I see you as whatever the better is? Or what's the discussion? I'm, I think I'm missing the point. <laughs> I, th- I thought that's what it was, was that you then point out what you see, the positive attributes that you want to see there. Sure. Okay, well, I, I, I don't want to like put a systematic formula on this discussion, but I'll give some like a, a highlight overview of when I've done it. When I walk with someone in this way, whether it's my children or my wife's done it with me as well as I've done it with her or spiritual family in my life, I have immediately started out with, I just want to let you know, I hold nothing against you. And in fact, in some cases, the discussion was even like, it wasn't even against me. Like I watched that behavior hurt somebody else or it hurt themselves. But I still have a place in their heart and I've been witness to this behavior and as a result, I need to have this conversation with them. So I talk to them as if, yes, the action took place, but I don't associate that action, behavior, way they spoke, whatever it is, with who they are. So I spend more time talking about who they are. But I also talk about how that behavior has impacted, whether it's them, me, or other people. 
The end goal of that is that there is both. There's, I, I want to say a twofold end goal in my mind. Number one, that they recognize that who they are and that behavior are not aligned. That's not who they are. It's that false version of themselves, their flesh. Second of all, I would like them to see that further or continuation of that behavior or way of life will continue to create pain, whether it's in them, me, or the other people in their life. So my goal would be that they can see that their value could create life in these places where the current behavior is creating death. And then my goal would be by the end of that conversation that they would be so motivated to produce life. I believe there's both accountability, you're encouraging ownership, both in yourself because you're saying, hey, look, I'm not just going to be this person that continually takes all those arrows. We need to have a conversation about this. So you're also standing up for who you are and declaring your value in this process. Did that help or no? Any more questions around that? Anybody want to say anything more to that? Like if, yeah, Daniel. So ask the question again on the microphone. How do you do that without hurting them more? Uh, or maybe starting a fight? Well, you're, I want to say this to you. You're not responsible for whether or not they are hurt. You're responsible for not being hurtful. There's a difference. Hurtful means I'm intentionally trying to bring pain into your life. And I don't believe that's what this conversation's intended to do. This conversation's intention is to be healing. And how do we know this? Because I have chosen forgiveness first. Before the discussion has taken place, I have dis distinguished you from the behavior. I've separated, that's forgiveness. And as soon as forgiveness takes place, now your intention is to bring healing and restoration and fullness of life. Now, if they're still stuck in offense and pain and you bring this, it's a, there's a potential that they'll be hurt in that. But you're responsible for your spirit. And so my encouragement would be, if you don't have this conversation, it could continue hurt. That would be much more painful than the temporary that it might cause by you walking in powerful forgiveness. And my encouragement is to always choose the powerful forgiveness discussion. Because even though it might cause temporary, like, you know, if something has not been talked about for a really long time and then you finally bring it up, I can promise you there's going to be some pain in that initial part of that conversation. Has anybody done it? It happens. But keep going. Keep going into that healing and forgiveness portion and it'll bring way more life. Hey man, every time, you know, farmer goes into the ground, in order for that seed to go into the ground, he's first got to dig. And that digging is violent to the ground. Not necessarily the farmer, except for the little bit of exertion he's got to do. But if you can do it and trust that you have so much good intention in your heart, trust the Father's Spirit that he's involved in that process. And plus, don't forget, who are we having this conversation with only? People who you are already in their heart. That's the hope that the least amount of pain could be caused. It just puts me in mind of Psalm 51. It says, the bone you have broken rejoices. It's almost like it healed, the relationship healed badly. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be broken so that it can be 
restored to full function and right. proper and whole. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm sorry to make you run around, Ben. I think you're going to get to one point today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my question is, since I don't have kids, but I have, Karis and I have kids that live next door, and we can hear how they interact with their kids sometimes, and I haven't realized until this morning that what if you don't forgive that kid right away? Like that's, but you have to, you want to correct sooner rather than later, but if you legitimately don't forgive them in that moment, how do you handle that situation or that person in that situation? Well, I will tell you this. If you don't, if you're a parent and their child does not experience your forgiveness right away, not only will you as a parent associate that behavior with them, but they will too. With themselves. A parent's lack of forgiveness of their child immediately galvanizes their bad, wrongdoing behavior, whatever it is, with who they are. And they will struggle until someone of like place, whether it's their mom and dad or someone that they valued to that place like mom or dad, have forgiven them of that. So moms and dads, that's why I like to talk to moms and dads about this, because please let your children experience forgiveness as well as you asking for their forgiveness. Like that's powerful too. When parents ask their children for forgiveness, trust me, you got something to ask for their forgiveness for. You've, done, don't, you've, you've spoken in anger. You've done things out of your flesh. You need to ask forgiveness. Both things are equally powerful to your children and for your children. Is it appropriate in this conversation to, you know, you're discussing an action or whatever that was wrong or wronged you. Is it appropriate to discuss boundaries that if it continues or is that just a conversation for another time if if this conversation didn't go well hmm. I believe the original boundary God gave humanity is wisdom so my hope would be in that discussion that God would give you wisdom and as you're having that discussion with them, you can actually ascertain, discern if they're receiving where you're coming from, okay? And I actually believe part of it is to actually pray that you'll know the right time to have this discussion so that they're at their most open, okay? My hope would be you never have a discussion like this with someone not ready to have it with you. That would be my prayer. And that's why I think there's only a select group of people in your life you can have that discussion with. If you find that that person's not open and not receiving it, first of all, I would as gracefully as possible end the discussion. First of all, because to Dan's point, it could just cause greater pain than, you know, and create bigger walls. Okay. And then secondly, again, I don't like the word boundary as much as I would use the word wisdom. Then I would begin walking in wisdom with this person. I would ask the Lord for <clears throat> discernment and understanding on how to walk with them so that their behavior is mitigated to the point where it has the least amount of impact on you as possible, okay? To any other living, breathing, counseling type person, that's a boundary. For me, I believe that's the wisdom of God. Same thing in my opinion.
Can I make a practical suggestion yeah. in these conversations? All right, so generally when these conversations happen, it's like, hey, this happened, um, and you know, you, you name that thing, and um, that person will say, oh, I'm sorry, and for some reason, in our head, our like natural reaction is to say, it's okay. Stop saying it's okay. Like, the, the once you say it's okay, in that person's mind, the conversation ends and you've just given them permission to what? To continue that thing. So stop saying it's okay and say, I forgive you. I'm looking forward to moving forward in yes. our relationship. Stop saying it's okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real, yeah. that's even the better way. Thank you. Yeah. To show gratitude. That's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in that moment, they're acknowledging their sin. And it's okay. It sounds to you like you're saying you're forgiven. No, no, no. There's difference. You're forgiven says, I love you, and I'm choosing not to associate that behavior with you. It's okay, says, keep going in that way. There's a difference. Don't forget, the spirit of this discussion is forgiveness. Please don't lose that in the midst of this. This is so valuable and so important. Forgiveness, in my opinion, is so unbelievably like who God is. I'm not sure a human being can work and walk any more like your father than when you walk in forgiveness. It is an ongoing faith decision of your father to not associate your stinky behavior with who you actually are. That is my good, loving father. Please know this with all sincerity. You want to have that discussion in that spirit. That spirit is, I love you, I believe in you, and I am choosing, it's a decision, and it's a powerful decision, to not view you through the lens of what you've done to hurt me. That is so divine. That's the Jesus example, is that he said, nor do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Right. He never said, it's, it's okay. okay. Like, yeah. Yep. I saw a hand up over here. Run. Run. He's getting his steps in today, people. Yes. <laughs> Mark, I, I think the beauty of in the heart of what you're what you're talking to us about is relationship. Mm -hmm. And we're designed to be in those intimate relationships. And when hurt comes into those relationships. I think it's magnified because I deeply care about this person and this person just hurt me. So the level of hurt is so um, pervasive that it makes these kinds of conversations very difficult and that's why we put them off. But I think, you know, I, I'm sitting here in my parent lens thinking like, oh, I want Quentin Grant to come to me about everything. You know, when they're hurt, when things are going wrong, I want them to come to me and we'll talk it out. And that has happened in their young life. And I think what you just said a couple of minutes ago is really important for us to keep in mind in, in that go to your father first and have this conversation and wrestle it out. This is where I am. Pray for that opportunity to open up to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Pray for that wisdom to walk out that conversation so that healing can happen 
in that really intimate relationship that you so desire with that person. Thank you. You know what would be a super mature thing for us is this, like, as sons, we would actually recognize when we hurt someone and actually approach them and say, like, this is where we want to get to. It's not like, not everything has to be that they have to approach you and be like, you know, you hurt me this way, but it would be super awesome if we were aware and we went to people and said, ah, I did this thing. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please I wanna, separate me. Yeah, I would love to take this burden off of you because of this thing that I did. That I did. So. Yeah, actually, that scripture where it says, if you know someone has ought against you, don't take your gift to the altar. Stop. Put your gift on your purple chair. Go make it right with this person. That's what Ben's talking about. There are a lot of us who know we have hurt somebody and have not had that conversation. Because that, that's exactly right. There's two different people that can initiate that discussion. The offended and the offender. Yeah. You want to say something? Yeah. Okay. Karis. I'll meet you halfway this time. Would you, a uh, question, I guess. Um, so, Whenever you are the one who needs to, you know, go to the person to for, like ask for forgiveness, um, is that also something that you have to pray on when to go? Um, because I feel like if you ask for that forgiveness, that's a can of worms that is also being opened um, that maybe they're not ready to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, so is that something that you would have to, you know, ask for wisdom about yes, as well. Absolutely. Okay. By far the safest answer to that question is yes. <laughs> if you want to do anything, it would be a really good idea to pray before you do it. Just just in general. I want to bring up a really quick second point here and it's going to sound a little bit disconnected, but I promise you it's connected. There is a scripture that's almost exactly in the Old Testament as it is in the New and it's honor your father and mother guys remember the rest of it? Yep. And you'll be promised with a long life, is basically, depending on your version of the Bible. You will be blessed in the land that the Lord have brought you in. It's another really cool one. I love that one. You know, it's a, I'll tell you one of the greatest pieces of wisdom, or as a result of this verse, I think there's such incredible wisdom in it. And it's because of this. There is no one in your entire life that you are like more than your mom and your dad. <laughs> there is no one in your life, I don't care how influential that person is on Instagram, in your life, you are like more than anyone else on the planet, your mom and your dad. Which means, if you do not honor your father and mother, you are probably not honoring the biggest parts of who you are. That blew me away when the Lord showed that to me in this context of forgiveness. Your ability to forgive and separate mom and dad from all their behavior frees you to love and accept and honor the incredible gift that they bestowed upon you in the freckles they gave you or the bald head that they gave you or the fiery temper that they gave you or whatever it is that you look at and you go, 
Hello? <laughs> honor. Don't forget what honor is. Decide that who God says they are is who they are. And in that moment, you begin to see, like, I think simply by proxy, you rise. You blow up. You increase. Your value just goes. Before any of the crap you've done, you begin to shift and heal things on the inside of you because you've chosen to honor mom and dad. Oh, my gosh. The Lord freed me so much. And showing me that truth. And I pray it frees you too. All right. Anybody else? You're free to You got anything else? No, I know you had three questions, but I, I, did. I would be happy to pick it up next week if you want to hand me the question. This doesn't feel Christmassy. Like, this doesn't feel Christmassy. Oh, you don't think that forgiveness is Wait, like did the you ultimate? See, did, like, have you, did you notice how excited people were know, about this discussion? <clears throat> yeah, they, they were really excited. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Becky's like, nope, nope, no, not, not happy at all. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. She said forgiveness could be the best Christmas gift we give somebody. Hallelujah. Let it be so. Go ahead. I'm not saying it again. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't want to be held accountable. Who wants to hold Becky accountable for what she just said? I said, I think forgiveness is the best Christmas present you could give somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be so. Wow. And, uh, I forgive you, but I forgive you, but. Yeah. I think that, uh, like, as you keep reminding us, the most important thing is that is the spirit of forgiveness. So it's something that you have to reconcile within yourself before this, like you said, before the conversation ever happens. Reconcile within yourself. You are forgiven. Mm -hmm. You are loved. Right on. This is how I see you. Yep. Right? And forgiveness comes before repentance, mm -hmm. before metanoia. Mm -hmm. The Father offers that freely mm -hmm. before then we could have that radical mind shift. Yep. And Mark, I just want to Say, I honor you as the father of this house. And um, it's been a while since I've uh, been here and uh, been a part of church and what, uh, what all you have been doing. And uh, I've made some poor decisions in my life and, and in my my relationship with my wife and other things. Uh, and I just want to ask for forgiveness um, for that. And I know that you don't hold any of my wrongs against me. I know that. Mm -hmm. And there were so many things about the Father, about the love of the Father and the heart of the Father that I learned from this place that I needed so desperately in the season that I was brought here. You know, I remember... Uh, coming here for, it was just a community gathering on a Saturday, and I just remember going home, and God, I, I want to find community here, God, and I did, and, you know, I love, I love this place, I love the people of this place, and whenever the Lord had called me away for a season, um, 
It was the, the hardest, one of the hardest times of my life, you know. Um, and I've recently gone through some big transitions in my life, but, you know, the last time I was here, I got to see my father for the last time. That was on a Sunday. That was after I came to church here. We went and seen him, wow. and he passed away on a Friday. Seven months later, I'm back here. And I know I'm good with words or with numbers, and seven is a number of completion and perfection. And I don't know what it looks like, but I'm, I'm offering my service to this body once again. Um, the service of my wife and I and my children, whatever that looks like in my heart. Um, and even if it's just standing with you, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to say that to you publicly and that, that I love you all very much. And I thank each and every one of you who have had a lasting impact in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. We love you back. And Mark, I, I, I want to say, like, this has been my favorite conversation of the whole year that we've had wow. in our family. Awesome. So, and we've had some really good ones. So I just want to thank you for bringing it. Like, you're right. This is the Christmas message because for, forgiveness laid in a manger, right? Like, yeah. here it is. It's right, right here. That's a great and what's amazing to me in my, in my thinking about how God set everything up is he tells us in Revelations that Jesus was crucified from the foundation of the world. <laughs> So the conversation of Jesus that he has as he walks through the earth, the context was forgiveness even before the transgression happened. So everything that you read in the scriptures, we find out in Revelations, it has the context of forgiveness. In wow. It. And it's, that's like, so we know, like if we follow that example, we know that I walk into these conversations that we would have with forgiveness as being the, the context and the, and the foundation. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Well, I just bless each and every one of us. I speak it over you, a heart of forgiveness, supernatural ability to see people as God sees them, separated from their sin, their brokenness, seeing them as whole, treating them that way, walking with them that way. I bless you to forgive. And I also now bless you with those certain ones in your lives to have those difficult conversations, to declare your forgiveness as well as say, let's move forward from here and what does that look like? I pray so much wisdom on your life. Spirit of wisdom envelop you, saturate you, I pray that you don't even recognize the wisdom until it comes out of your mouth. But I pray it would stick forever. Thank you, Holy Spirit of my Father, our Father, who allows us, empowers us, frees us to both be forgiven and forgive. We agree, Father, with your already established forgiveness of people. Can we do that together? Yeah. We agree, God. We agree you with you about your children. Thank you, Father. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, 
Visit us at whocenterpa.com.